listening to Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church. Stephen Pollock is the pastor of Free Presbyterian Church of Malvern, Pennsylvania. The church is located at the junction of 401 and Mallon Road. Thank you for joining us today as Dr. Pollock opens the Word of God and lets the Bible speak. Well, please turn your Bibles tonight to Philippians chapter 2. Again, we're coming back to our studies uh, regarding the subject of the fear of God. Again, still turning this subject around in our minds, considering it from various aspects of the Scriptures. And tonight I want to read just two verses here in Philippians chapter 2, uh, reading together verses 12 and 13. Philippians chapter 2 and the verse number 12, the Word of God says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So, as I say, we're returning to our studies in the subject of the fear of God. Uh, we've looked, of course, in some detail at the fact that there are two separate concepts in the Word of God that relate to this subject of the fear of God. There is, at times, a proper consideration of the fear of God as the terror of God, as a, as a fear of God with regards to the punishment that is or due. But, of course, there's also this general term of the reverence of God, the awe of God. Now, both of these concepts have a place in the life of the believer, but the latter certainly dominates. It is the sense of a reverence of God that dominates and indeed controls our living in this world. It is a living with the awareness of God's eye and an eagerness for God's smile that governs our thoughts and words and deeds. We want to please the Lord. We want to live before the Lord in His sight and do that which is right in His sight in all of our ways. We don't want to be like Ahab, who sold himself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. We want to give ourselves to do righteousness in the sight of the Lord. And it is God, of course, that grants this fear in our hearts in the work of regeneration. As we've seen in Jeremiah chapter 32, God makes a covenant with us, and in that covenant, He puts His fear into our hearts in order that we will not depart from Him. It's part of God's work in saving us. He gives us a fear of Him in our hearts so that we will not fall into apostasy. And this general background thinking regarding fear helps us understand the text before us tonight. We're looking here at uh, Philippians chapter 2 and the verse number 12, where it tells us to work out our own salvation, and here's a language, with fear and trembling. Now, ordinarily, you would look at this text and you'd organize these verses around the central clause, which is to work out your own salvation. And that's the main idea. Uh, it leads from verse 12, the beginning of verse 12. You've always obeyed, now in my absence also. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. The central clause here is the command to work out your own salvation. 
But this topical series is dealing with the subject of the fear of God. And so I want to look at this text and, and show how this text summarizes our studies regarding the fear of God. And then having seen that, we're going to just do that by way of introduction. Uh, we're then going to see how that works out in some other Bible references tonight. So there are some observations that come from this text regarding the fear of God. And the first one is this. The fear of God is an attitude in the converted heart. This fear is present in those who are saved. Indeed, this fear comes as a result of saving grace. Now, the text tells us to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, you understand that work out does not mean that we work to the point that we're saved. It's not suggesting for a second any false idea of good works or the child of God must continue to work until the point that they are saved. Rather, it's describing the salvation that is theirs. It is your own salvation. It already belongs to you. It's not some future prospect. It is already theirs. They have this salvation by the grace of God. And you're either saved or you're not. You're either deemed by Christ's blood or you are not. And so these are people who are saved. And thus the work in view here is the work of those who are saved working out of their salvation, not working into their salvation. And thus, Paul is exhorting believers who are saved that as they live out or work out their salvation, they will do so with fear and trembling. In other words, it is not true that the saved shouldn't fear God, if I can put that in the negative sense. Again, there are those who suggest that through the grace of God, there shouldn't be this fear of God in the believer. No, the opposite. Because of God's grace, there ought to be this godly, reverent fear. That's observation one. This fear is the attitude in the converted. Secondly, this fear is an attitude that controls. Look at the language here. Work out your own salvation. And as you examine these two texts, there are equivalent words in the context. Verse number 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, work out your own salvation. And the idea is that Paul is saying that in my presence you've obeyed, now in my absence you should obey, and what word does he use to describe their obedience? Work out your own salvation. The continued obedience to the commands of God that was present when Paul was there must be present in Paul's absence, and Paul can happily say that is what it means to work out your own salvation. And that's even proven further by verse number 13. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will, and note the words, and to do. So this working out your salvation is language that denotes obedience. The doing of the will of God and obeying the commands of God. And so fear here, it led to obedience in Paul's presence. They had a reverence for Paul. That's the idea here. They were reverent to Paul. When he was there in presence, they understood his authority. He's a servant of Christ Jesus. And so that governs and controls their actions. He acknowledges that. You obey in my presence, says Paul. There's that controlling attitude. The presence of the apostle has an impact upon their conduct. And he's saying now, in his absence, though Paul is absent, 
They must now live out and work out salvation in fear. And the implication is, of course, though Paul is not there, the Lord is there. That's the sense of fear here. You work out your salvation in an awareness of the presence of God. And so we should not be governed, and you understand this, we should not be governed only by man's presence. And we'll see this later on tonight. But rather, we must always be mindful we live and we exist in the presence of the Lord. So observation number one, this attitude is in the converted heart. It is an attitude that controls. And thirdly, it is an attitude that is commanded. This is something that comes by grace. But as God works in us by grace, that does not remove the responsibility or the imperatives to put on these graces. And so we'll say, well, we can only fear God by God's grace. Well, that's true. You can only love God by God's grace, and yet the Bible still commands us to love the Lord your God. And so the command here is to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. The idea being that part of the command includes the attitude whereby the command is worked out. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So it's a command here that we must live our lives in the fear and trembling of God. It is our responsibility. It is our duty before God to have this attitude of fear before God. Yes, I understand we only have this because God works in us. Verse 13, I get that. I understand we can only obey the commands of God by the grace of God and by the power of God. Amen to that. However, we are still duty-bound. Every day we have the responsibility to get up before God and say, Lord, I'm in your presence. I'm going to live this day in your sight. And I'm going to do so consciously. And I'm going to live day by day in the awareness that I want your smile, not your frown. That's the idea of living out, obeying the commands of God in this attitude of fear and trembling. It is our responsibility. Uh, Thayer, one of the Greek uh, dictionaries, has this definition of this, uh, this couplet that comes together, fear and trembling. And the two words, when they're brought together, they, they say this, it's used to describe the anxiety, and not carnally, but the, the concern, the concern of one who distrusts his ability completely to meet all requirements and religiously does his utmost to fulfill his duty. And that's the idea. It's living with this awareness. I, I can't obey the Lord in my own strength. And so I want, I want to get before God. I want to depend upon God. I want to live before God in my life. And so this is the duty that's given to us here by the Apostle Paul. It is to work out or live out our salvation, the grace that God has worked in us, but to work that out, to live that out, to obey and to do so with fear and trembling. Now tonight, what I want to do is I want to examine the Scripture examples that then occur of the saints working out their salvation in such a manner. Because this term, fear and trembling, does not just, or is not just found here in Philippians chapter 2. And when you see the other references that are there in the Word of God, again, you get a, a fairly good summary of Christian responsibility in this world. What is the duty of the child of God in this world? What are the parallels when it comes to fear and trembling? Well, there are five that I want to leave with you tonight, very briefly. And we're just going to highlight these and really move on. The first one is we must worship in fear and trembling. Now here, I'm not going to repeat the last couple of studies. 
Uh, we've done with this already. The Psalm 2, serve the Lord with fear, rejoice with trembling. And we considered this in previous studies, but I don't want to ignore it. I don't want to uh, try to have a summary of the Christian duties here and ignore the responsibility to worship God. A major aspect of the Christian life is to worship God. Uh, we could say that is true in totality, or life is an act of worship to God. But as we saw in the second psalm, what's in view in the second psalm is not so much the living sacrifice of Romans 12, but it is actually public worship, singing and praising God in public worship. And those who are saved, they will be those who worship. When by God's grace we come to see Christ, we will gladly come to worship. But our worship must be marked by this fear and trembling. That's what it is. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Therefore, worship with fear and trembling. When there is an absence of reverence in worship, there's an absence of the fear of God. And there may therefore be the absence of the saving grace of God. Those who trivialize worship and treat worship as something of little importance, they really don't understand the nature of the fear of God. And the concern may well be that they don't understand the nature of saving grace at all. We worship in fear and trembling. Secondly, we receive the Word in fear and trembling. Now, we've got to remember this. We are saved because we received the Word. First Thessalonians. We received the preaching of the gospel, not as the word of man, but as is in truth the word of God. And so we're saved because we received the word by the grace of God. But those who are saved, they don't stop receiving the word. They continue to receive the word. And I'm telling you, they receive the word of God continually in an attitude of fear and trembling. And the example is back in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Turn back there. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And in, in God's providence, we looked at this in our Bible reading on Sunday evening. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And you may remember the, uh, the situation here is the visit of Titus to the church in Corinth. And then Titus coming back and reporting to Paul uh, the nature of his visit and the outcome of his visit. And Paul describes how he's comforted by Titus's visit, uh, chapter six or chapter seven, verse six. Nevertheless, God that comforted those that are cast down comforted us by the coming of Titus, and and how? Because he comes and he reports. He tells them about verse seven, their desire, their mourning, their fervent mind toward Paul. The concern was, had the Corinthians forsaken allegiance to the apostolic doctrine. They were now suspecting Paul wasn't what he should be. They were suspecting and charging Paul falsely. And Titus goes, and he comes back to Paul. He says, no, Paul, it's not the way it is. They do have a mind towards you. They, they, they still hold fast. There are issues to deal with, but by and large, they're still following the right path. And so, in verse number 15, it says this, And his, that is Titus's, inward affection is more abundant towards you, Whilst he remembereth the obedience of you all, how with fear and trembling ye received him. Now, I'm telling you here, that's an illustration of what it is for all of us to continually receive the word with fear and trembling. 
Titus is going there not just as a friend to put an arm around their shoulder. He's going there sent by the Apostle Paul. He's visiting Corinth with apostolic authority. And as Paul is an apostle of Christ, so Titus, as Paul's representative, brings the authority of Christ to the church in Corinth. And as Titus comes with Christ's authority, the believers there, they receive his visit, how? In fear and trembling, because he comes as the very mouthpiece of God to their circumstances. And Titus delights that they're humble and fearful and trembling before the authority of Christ Jesus. That's the picture here. Fear and trembling used in our text. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Well, an aspect of that is a continual humility under the Word of God. It's a continual awareness of the authority of God's Word and our submission to His Word. You see, God works in us, and we want to know our sin, and we want to know the way of righteousness. After all, we've been saved, and we've come to Christ, not as, a, as an example only, but as a Savior, a Savior from sin. And so we've, we've come to hate our sin, and we want to know our sin, and put our sin to death. That's the fruitfulness of those who are saved by God's grace and come to know Christ. And thus we want to understand the nature of God's Word. We want to see our sin, don't we? If we don't, there's a problem. If we live our lives happily, saying to ourselves, well, if I'm ignorant of my sin, so be it. No, we want to know our sin. We want it to be exposed in the Word of God. And so there's a humility before God's Word, and we come with solemnity before God's Word. We do so with fear and trembling. We're like those the Lord looks to in Isaiah chapter 66, him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. This, dear child of God, is a commanded attitude. You're to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Therefore, it is your duty to come before the word of God with fear and trembling. Every time the word of God is open before you, publicly and in your own homes, privately, as a family, or as a church of Christ, you come before the Word of God with a humble spirit. And you say, Lord, I want to hear your Word, and not my will. I want you to speak to my heart. I want, to speak, I want your Word to speak to my soul. I want you to help me to hear the Word. I want you to help me obey the Word. Every time we come before the Word of God, a conscious determination to come before the Word with fear and trembling. And that's why we say what we say regarding the house of God. We don't run into God's house unprepared and carelessly. We want, we want to get into God's house with a spirit. Lord, speak to me and humble my heart to do what you tell me to do in your Word. That's a fear and trembling receiving the Word of God. Doing so as we work out our salvation, so that we, like the psalmist, would think on our ways and turn our feet to his testimonies, making haste and delaying not to obey his commandments. This humility in the worship and under the word of the Lord. Thirdly, then, there is warfare in fear and trembling. Again, just mention this because uh, we've dealt with this already in previous studies, but back in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And the verse number one, there is a reference to perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Those who worship God, those who are humble before the Word of God, 
will war against the flesh. They will cleanse themselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Through the fear of God, there'll be a dealing with our sin. We will not be content with the presence of sin. We'll put sin to death, warfare in fear and trembling. Then fourthly, there is the matter of witness in fear and trembling. That's back a book to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the witness of the church in fear and trembling. And of course here I'm referring to the attitude of Paul the Apostle. As he goes to Corinth, it says in verse number 3 of chapter 2, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Again, there are those, and they look at this text, and they presume it is Paul confessing his fearfulness of preaching the gospel in Corinth. Why is that the assumption? He acknowledges his weakness, his dependence upon God, and in that light he then comes in the fear of God and in much trembling. It's describing not a negative attitude, but a positive attitude of an apostle working in the fear of God. And we do the apostle disservice by accusing him of being terrified when he goes to preach the gospel in Corinth. It's not the case. Oh yes, he has troubles in Corinth. He struggles in Corinth. And yes, the Lord comes and says, I have much people in this city. I, I get that. But the attitude here is of reverence to God. Uh, again, the commentary, Jameson Fawcett and Brown says this, trembling, not personal fear, but a trembling anxiety to perform a duty. Anxious conscientiousness, as proved by the contrast to eye service that you see in Ephesians chapter 6. And so I, I think this is a pattern for us of how we all perform our responsibility to witness in the work of God. That we are under the fear of God in terms of the content of our message. That God hears what we say, and therefore we're not going to change the message to suit the hearer. But we're going to come and preach Christ and Him crucified in Corinth or in Philadelphia, however the case may be, we're going to be faithful and not change the message. We're not going to dull it down or dumb it down in such a way as to, as to pander to the ungodly hearer. We're going to say, this is the Word of God's. Because we're serving God, not man. We're serving Christ. That's the point. And so there's this matter of fear in the fidelity of our content and also in the faithfulness of our commission. The Lord tells us to go, and He sees our attitudes. Now, I understand it this way. The great commission goes to the church. Go ye into all the world. Make disciples of all nations. There's a commission upon the entire church as a body. But in that body, there are various members, and those members are gifted in various ways. But every member has some particular task in the Great Commission. They may not be the mouthpiece. They may not be the missionary, the minister, the evangelist. They may not have that role, but they have some role in the witness of God. That role may be a witness of prayer and supporting the fellowship financially. There are various things the church can do. The body has various members. We are not all mouthpieces. But we've all got a duty. And we must examine our souls. What am I doing to fulfill the Great Commission? What am I doing for the witness of God in the church of Christ Jesus? 
What's my responsibility? And am I doing it with fear and trembling? That's the witness that we have to do in fear and trembling, following the example here of the Apostle Paul. And the fifth thing, finally, is that we must engage in work in fear and trembling. Just one example is Ephesians chapter 6. I'm just showing you this one other reference here to this idea of fear and trembling. It's a reference in Ephesians chapter 6 to the servants. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling. In singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but are the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. That's an instruction again to those who are laboring as servants under a master. And the idea is that they are not to simply do the master's will when the master's watching, but they are to do the master's will because the Lord is watching. It's not to please man, it's to please the Lord. No matter how difficult the task may be, we work to please the Lord when people cannot see us. But if you turn across two books to Colossians chapter 3, you'll see this attitude is taken by the apostle and extrapolated to all things the Christian does. Colossians chapter 3, verse 22, there's similar language used here. Servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eyes service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. There's the attitude of working out your salvation with fear and trembling. Whatever you do, you do it under the eye of God. You do it in the sight of God. You do it to please the Lord. Even when people are not watching you, your heart is to please the Lord. In school, in your home, in the workplace, in the neighborhood, you're living for the glory of the Lord. There's no such thing in one sense of secular or spiritual work. The saved soul does everything to the glory of God. Whatever their task may be, they will do so, seeking the smile of the Lord. That's what it is to live in this aspect in fear and trembling. And so we have these summary statements. It's there in Philippians chapter 2. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And then you see that language, it's worked out in various ways. And I think it does give us a good summary of what it is to live as a Christian to do all things with an eye to the Lord. May God help us again as we seek to live, to him, live for Him in this difficult and challenging day. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Let the Bible Speak from Malvern Free Presbyterian Church. If you'd like more information about the gospel or the church, please call 610-993-3170 or email malvernfpc at yahoo.com. We extend an invitation to all to join us as we worship the Lord each week. You will be made very welcome. The church is situated at 80 Mallon Road, Malvern, Pennsylvania, at the junction of 401 and Mallon Road. We meet for worship on the Lord's Day at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. A Bible study and prayer meeting is also held on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We preach Christ crucified.